Welcome to episode show number 56 of the Teal Shirt Report. Hey, thank you for tuning in. On today's episode of the Teal Shirt Report, as we're recording this on Saturday, September the 12th, the day after 9-11, there were some beautiful remembrances of the folks that tragically, you know, paid the ultimate price on 9-11 and their memory of those many people that passed away back on 9-11, you know, that was, um, you know, almost 20 years ago, back, you know, back several years ago. And I think we all remember where we were at the time of 9-11. I was on the air uh, broadcasting at a radio station in Georgia at the time of 9-11, and then I started getting phone calls about it, a tragedy, a horrible tragedy in the history of, of our country, the United States of America. So, you know, when you, you count how many years ago it was, it was, you know, almost right at 20 years ago. Boy, it doesn't seem like that long ago, does it? So, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. We're going to talk about the first game of the season, which is coming up consequently tomorrow. You know, depending on uh, when you listen to our Teal Shirt Report, want to thank you. Thank you, thank you. A special thank you to all of our listeners on the Teal Shirt Report. This is uh, episode show number 56. We're going to talk about the Colts and the Jaguars. Now, this is a home game where, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, some stadiums will have no fans. Other stadiums might have as, as many as 20 to 25%. That's what's going to happen at TIAA Bank Field. There's going to be probably in the neighborhood of 16 to 17,000 uh, fans in the stands. Probably be some Colts fans and a lot of Jaguars fans. So it's going to give it kind of a small college atmosphere as far as the crowd goes. When you think in terms of sixteen to 17,000 fans, you know, instead of the uh, normal, you know, well over 60,000 fans in TIAA Bank Field. Let's talk about the game itself. And, oh, by the way, right here on the Teal Shirt Report, let me uh, tell you about our sponsors, Anchor.fm. Saucer Realty for plenty of North Florida listings uh, throughout North Florida, you know, whether it's uh, a new home, uh, residential property, uh, commercial or business. Uh, see Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty in North Florida. You can go to our website at bigjreport.com. And on the home page in the weather information, you'll see the, uh, the link for Saucer Realty. So the Teal Shirt Report is presented and brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty. Uh, of course, you can follow us at BigJReport.com and Internet Radio. I want to say hello to JC at LakeUfallahits.com. Of course, JC is one of our freelance writers uh, for BigJReport.com as well. Let's talk about the game, the Colts and the Jaguars. I, You know, right off the bat, when I think in terms of an individual game, and that's really what we've got to think about. You know, we've seen all kinds of predictions. We've seen the gloom and doom of fans picking the Jaguars, you know, and other media members well as well, uh, other members of the media as well as what I'm trying to say. Uh, I've seen predictions as bad as 3-13 and 13, or as good as 
seven and nine or better. Um, you know, I'm kind of an optimistic guy because I followed the team as a fan and in the media, you know, for well over 25 years now, you know, since, um, you know, since 1993, when Jacksonville was awarded uh, the franchise uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm always pulling for the team to win. When it comes to predictions, you know, I can sit here and I can say, hey, we're going to win. <laughs> we're going to win. We're going to win. But you have to look at it realistically, especially when you're in the media like myself, um, you know, and we're running a website, BigJReport.com. We do the teal shirt reports. We have to be realistic. We have to be, you know, I, I feel like op optimism and being a homer is part of doing the Till Shirt Report. I mean, we're going to tell you the good news and we're going to tell you the bad news. I think that's what it's about. Looking at the game itself, the Colts and the Jaguars, you know, I, there's several different aspects of a game, several different ingredients that go into a, you know, a Sunday afternoon of football for three plus hours. Uh, the game will kick off at 1 o'clock this Sunday afternoon, September the 13th. My first inclination is, hey, the Colts are going to win this game. I hate to say that, but I'll be here watching it 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And there'll be a lot of people watching it on TV. There'll be some people that have decided not to watch the NFL in 2020, and that's fine, too. I mean, it's a, it's a pure marketplace where you can spend your time how you like. You can spend your money how you like. And the NFL, especially if you go to a game, you buy merchandise, it is an expensive, it is an expensive, um, you know, a hobby or a way to spend your money, show support for your team. So with all that being said, let's talk about the game. And, you know, I hear it from all sides. Uh, there's been a lot of doomsday predictions. I mean, I'm talking about doomsday predictions, a lot of sour apples, but these are the same folks that particularly fans, because actually I did see one guy pick the Jags to go two and 14. That might've been the worst prediction I saw. But then when you look at it realistically, you know, I've heard other reports that say the Jaguars are not going to be favored in any games, all 16 games on the schedule. They're not going to be favored in any of these games. So you would think, well, odds are they're not going to win many games. Why is that? Well, you know, the Jags have uh, made trades. They've walked away from, you know, good talent. They've had to get under the salary cap. And they're going with an extremely, an extremely young team. Let's turn our attention to the Colts-Jaguars game. Phillip Rivers was signed in the offseason as a free agent quarterback uh, for the uh, Indianapolis Colts after spending his entire long career with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. Now the Chargers are getting, you know, some other quarterbacks and, you know, they basically walked away from, uh, from Phillip. They're trying to get younger. However, Phillip Roger, Phillip uh, Rivers, I'm sorry, Phillip <laughs> Rivers uh, knows he's got a couple of years left in the tank or more. And he's a good quarterback. One day he'll most likely be in the Hall of Fame. And I, I know people say, hey, when he starts thanking the coaches, his fellow teammates, 
uh, coaches in high school, college, you know, with the Chargers, et cetera. He's also going to have to thank the Jackson, thank the Jacksonville Jaguars too, because he has put up some career numbers over the years against the Jaguars. I mean, I can tell you, Chargers victories over the Jaguars were plentiful, and a lot of those victories came at TIAA Bank Field, also known as you know Everbank Field, and before that, Altel Stadium. So let's look ahead at this game. I mean, um, you know, uh, Philip Rivers has a lot of uh, mileage. He's been around a long time. You got to get a pass rush on this guy, but in order to do that, you got to stop him on first and second down. Now we're going to talk about the game. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott, your humble host and servant of of the Teal Shirt Report. I, I've got two predictions here. Can you believe that? Two predictions in one game? I'm taking the Colts to win. I think if the Jaguars defense can hold the, the Colts running backs under, or no, let me say this, if they can hold the Colts running running game to 100 yards or better, the Colts win 20-16. to 16. If the same stuff happens against Todd Wash's defense and he's using the same scheme and the Colts get like over 200 yards rushing the Colts are going to win by even more points my prediction is the Colts 20 the Jags 16 but if the Colts if they control the clock get over 200 yards rushing and hey that happened in three straight games against divisional opponents right in the middle of the season for the Jaguars last year I think the Colts win 20 to 27 to 16 if they get you know, 200 yards of rushing or more. If the Jags keep them down at 100 yards or more rushing, Colts are going to win 20 to 16. So that extra 100 yards is probably worth another touchdown. You know, I've seen the, um, you know, I've seen the point spread on this game. It's pretty close to eight points. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up right now, see if it's changed any in the last couple of days. But, uh, Let's uh, let's take a look if there's if there's been any changes. Last time I looked at the uh, point spread through one of my sources, it had the uh, Colts it had the Colts favored by about eight points. Looks like it's about the same thing. The Colts are favored by about eight points. Also, a source is is telling me the Colts will cover that spread, and so you know what that means. That means the feeling is, in my opinion. The Colts may have an incredible rushing day with their running backs, getting close, if not more, or over 200 yards rushing against Todd Wash's uh, scheme that I've, I've not liked for a couple of years, for almost three years now. You know, 2017, the Jags' defense was incredible. And uh, even a year after that, you know, they did have a, a 6 to nothing Pop Warner score where they – where they beat the Colts six to nothing, and the defense played good in that one. But there's been a lot of talent come and go. Uh, the scheme seemed to be masked, especially when we had Marcel Darius. By the way, Marcel Darius is not hooked on with another team. You know, the Jags had walked away from that big contract, and nobody has gone after Marcel Darius. Uh, he did have surgery last year toward the middle. 
the middle of the season last year, and he's not he's not playing. Um, the Jags are going to be starting guys like Taven Bryan. Taven's really got to come into his own, you know, and some of the other players across that uh, defensive front. The Jaguars, uh, you know, did pick up uh, Timmy Jernigan. And uh, Dwayne Smoot, Dewan Smoot, if you will, is going to have to have a good season because Smoot and Taven Bryan are going to play a lot more football in 2020. We hope they're up for the task. We'll see what happens. We'll see if the scheme changes any by defense coordinator Todd Wash because he's still walking around as the defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So my predictions are as follows on this uh, Saturday, September the 12th. Tomorrow is the game as we record this on Sunday, September the 13th, kickoff at 1 o'clock p.m. at TIAA Bank Field. That's TIAA Bank Field here in Jacksonville. I'm going to say the Colts win 20 to 16. If the Colts get 100 yards rushing or more, which is a, a distinct possibility, if they get close to 200 yards rushing or more, I say the Colts win 27 to 16. And it looks like the point spread is approximately eight points. The Colts favored to win by eight points. Now, we're telling you what the Colts can do against the Jaguars' defensive front, uh, rushing the football. However, the Jaguars' linebackers, would say play a little bit further off the ball because the defensive line is going to be the key because the defensive line stopping the run, you know, that keeps the Colts in second and long, third and long, but if they can't stop the run, they're not going to stop them. They're going to move up and down the field, you know, and it's going to make uh, Rivers, uh, you know, his passing a lot more effective if they're able to run the football as well. So let's take a look at some other aspects of the game. One injury, by the way, third string tight end Tyler Davis, who was drafted out of Georgia Tech late in the 2020 April NFL draft. Tyler Davis is going to be out. Uh, the rookie out of Georgia Tech has a has a knee issue. He will miss the first game. He's basically the third string tight end. So you still have your top two tight ends, uh, Tyler Eifert, and of course uh, James O'Shaughnessy as uh, the tight ends for the Jaguars. Okay, so let's take a look at the game now. Now the Jags defensive line that's that's just a portion of the Jags team because the Jags special teams is going to be pretty good with their you know they got a good kicker and Josh Lambeau hopefully get some opportunities to kick some field goals. Uh, the punter will probably be busy as he usually is, uh, Mister Mister uh, Logan of course. So I'm going to pull up the roster you know because we're talking about the Jags at the present time. Let's pull up the. Uh, the roster for the Jaguars, 2020 Jaguars roster, where we can take a look at what's going on. Obviously, Tyler Davis, the third-string tight end, will not play. I think he would have seen some action, too, but uh, he's not going to play. We're going to pull up the, the roster right now. We talked about the 33-man roster. I'm sorry, the the 53-man roster on our last uh, podcast. I guess I was thinking about number 33 of Zigbo, who's going to be out. He's got an injury issue. He will not play the first game. So the Jags will start running back James Robinson, a hidden gem, possibly, out of Illinois State. They like the way he runs. Doug, Coach Doug Marone likes the way he runs. But let's take a look at some of the things the Jaguars uh, could do. I also want to make sure I'm telling you the correct name of our punter for the Jaguars, Logan Cook. This has been a player that has been able to consistently 
kicked the ball inside the 20, inside the 15, at times inside the 10, going into his third year for Mississippi State. Special teams are solid between punter Logan Cook and kicker Josh Lambeau. I just hope Lambeau gets some decent opportunities to put some points on the board. However, we prefer to see touchdowns and uh, extra points, right, from uh, from Josh Lambeau. But if he gets his opportunity to kick field goals, he's got to nail them. Most of the time he does. Here's the keys to a possible Jags victory. Even though the Colts are favored by eight points, I'm still predicting the Colts to win by either four if they get over 100 yards rushing. If they get over or close to 200 yards rushing or more, they're going to win 27-16 by 11. That's kind of my feeling. The things the Jaguars have to do to possibly win the game, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Jags could win this game. The Jaguars' defense will have to stop the run. A way to victory, I mean, a way to victory is keeping the Colts under 100 yards rushing. Will that happen? Probably not, but we'll see. Also, the Jaguars got to win the turnover battle. That's always big in games, and most every game, every game, in fact, when it comes to Apple turnovers. Offense, the offensive line got to play well. And the offense, you know, has to make a, a few big plays. Uh, running back James Robinson, we'll see what he's got. But the guys that got to make the big plays, DJ Shark, a rookie wide out, uh, LaVisca Chenault who in college I think lined up in the wildcat a few times. He can run it in between the tackles. He's a big, strong guy. Chris Conley is probably the number three wide receiver. Chris Conley is a good receiver. Keelan Cole, very fast guy. He's dropped he's dropped passes in the, in the past while making a crazy one-headed catch one time. Uh, Dede Westbrook. Um, Didi has gotten a little bit behind the eight ball because Didi's, you know, he's had some injuries. Um, he's probably down around fifth or sixth, you know, fourth, fifth or sixth as the wide receiver. He's not really at this juncture early in the season, not expected to be one of the top three wide receivers, but Didi's probably four, five, or at worst, sixth. There's only six wide receivers on the team. I will tell you that, of course, you know, as most people know, Ronnie Harrison was traded to the Browns, the Cleveland Browns, for a fifth-round pick. So there's other guys. Uh, Josh Jones will be starting. Uh, You know, the kid out of Auburn, the uh, safety out of Auburn, uh, Daniel Thomas, uh, I believe Daniel was a fifth-round pick. He's going to be a key guy, and he's probably going to play. Just about all uh, all the Jaguars... All the Jaguars draft picks made the team. I mean, that's pretty unusual. It's a young roster. That's why it's hard to fathom that the Jags can win many games, even though I think it's with the offense, with quarterback Gardner Minshew, a great, in my opinion, a good to potentially a very good receiving room in DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, and D.D. Westbrook. And, of course, the big kid, you know, the, the big kid out of Texas that's about six foot six. I always forget his name. And I think if he plays well, we'll never forget his game, his his name again. Six foot six tall guy, you think he's gonna be, you know, maybe a maybe a threat, you know, maybe a, a really good red zone threat in the future. Colin Johnson, wide receiver out of Texas. Uh he is a tall guy. I got some of my you got some uh, some of my contacts calling in now. 
Colin Johnson, wide receiver out of Texas, six foot six guy. Uh, he was a fifth rounder. He was the second fifth round pick, you know, after Daniel Thomas, the safety out of Auburn, was picked. And both those guys are, I mean, I know Daniel Thomas is going to get in the game at safety. I think Colin Johnson's going to get a look at wide receiver. I think all six of these guys, at least five out of six, or maybe all six of these guys will play, you know, including uh, Colin Johnson. The uh, the uh, Colin Johnson, the fifth round pick, wide receiver out of Texas at six foot six. I believe he gets in the game. He's, they're going to give him a look. I don't know how many plays he'll be in there. But DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, Colin Johnson, and D.D. Westbrook, these could all be tremendous contributors. It's a good wide receiver room, which potentially could be very good. Let's, you know, let's keep it real like that. So got to have big plays on offense, really do. Got to hope that running back James Robinson can be a hidden gem and he can do something. And to help him, the Jags offensive line's got to play well. We've gotten reports through training camp that left tackle Cam Robinson looks good in training camp. He may be completely healthy from his ACL injury, you know, that he actually got back in 2018. So they say last year, 2019, Cam Cam Robinson, the left tackle, was not 100%. Now he's supposed to be 100%. The offensive line, this group has been together a while now, last year and even the year before. So you take an offensive line, the hope is that they start gelling together as a unit. That's kind of what happens with offensive lines. you got to hope Norwell has a really good year. This has got to be Norwell's best year as an offensive lineman with the Jaguars. He missed a good bit of time with injuries, and he's not really played as well as uh, people thought he would. But there is a thought across the league that, you know, he's still a pretty good offensive lineman. Uh, Brandon Leonard, this Brandon Linder, Brandon Linder, the center for the Jaguars, is normally rated as the top offensive lineman on the Jaguars' offensive line. So basically, you got Cam Robinson starting at left tackle, at the um, left guard Andrew Norwell, center Brandon Linder, uh, right guard should be AJ Can. And at right tackle, Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor, I mean, he was an early second-round pick last year in 2019. The offensive line's got to play good. The Jaguars on offense, they got to make a few big plays on offense to have any shot of winning at all. The Jaguars' defense, they've got to stop the run. The Jaguars' linebackers are good. I mean, you look at uh, Mr. Schobert, Joe Schobert, who was signed in free agency from the Browns, very good linebacker. He will play middle linebacker and call the defensive signals. And Miles Jack will move from the middle to the weak side where he'll most likely be more effective, where he can cover the tight end, make tackles from sideline to sideline. Jaguars defense is strong at linebacker. They're very um, expansion. I guess you would say the Jaguars defense on the defensive line and even on the back end, they got a little bit of an expansion feel to them. And, heck, the Jaguars been in the league like, you know, we've had the Jaguars 26 years uh, here in Jacksonville, and we're still talking about the defensive line having an expansion feel to them. And even on the back end, uh, first-round pick C.J. Henderson has got to play well. 
you know, he's got to play well at cornerback. You got Trey Herndon on the other side. And then you got a host of guys. I understand um, cornerback Jose Scott, who's had some injury issues, will be available for this game now. Uh, he was a fourth round pick out of Michigan State. So the defense is going to have to play good. They're going up against a very experienced quarterback in, in Phillip Rivers. And I'm pulling for the Jaguars, no doubt. Man, let's hope we can uh, win that first game. However, that's with my heart. My head says the Colts win at least 20 to 16. And I'm looking at the Colts running game probably to get at least 100 yards or more against the Jags and win 20 to 16. If they if the defensive line collapses, you know, the defensive front collapses against the run like they did three straight divisional games in the middle of last season, the Colts can muster up close to 200 yards rushing or more. The Colts are going to have a big day and win the game about 27 to 16. So you got two predictions from me. I'm basically telling you the Colts are going to win. But, hey, if the Jags can surprise the Colts and somehow pull out a victory with the defense playing better than expected, the Jaguars win the turnover battle, the offensive line plays well, and the offense makes a, a few big plays with quarterback Gardner Minshew and our wide receiver class and, of course, uh, uh, tight end Tyler Eifert and James O'Shaughnessy. Well, we'll see what happens. But kickoff is this Sunday, this Sunday afternoon, September the 13th at 1 o'clock. We'll see what happens. We'll cover it right here on the Teal Shirt Report. We'll be checking it out. See, We'll see if we got some surprises. Uh, we're going to see what running back James Robinson has. I mean, this is a guy that's going to start out of Illinois State. I mean, basically an undrafted guy, an undrafted rookie. Doug Marone at his press conference, Coach Doug Marone of the Jaguars said, boy, he looked at the entire uh, Illinois State uh, game film of almost every game where running back James Robinson was playing, likes what he sees. James Robinson's going to get a chance to start. Fournette got released. Zigbo is out with an injury right now. Shaquille Armstead is out as well uh, with some issues. Um, more or less injury issues. I, I did hear something about a uh, COVID-19 issue with, Sha with Shaquille Armstead, which means he could be out a couple of weeks. Uh, the only other player that's really out is um, third-string tight end Tyler Davis, who was uh, drafted in the sixth round out of Georgia Tech. He's the third-round tight end, but he will not play in this game. Running back James Robinson, is he a hidden gem? Uh, you know, a hidden gem. Uh, running back James Robinson, an undrafted free agent the Jaguars have at a little Illinois State. If he's a hidden gem, that could help. But I'm going to tell you what, half the Jaguars roster is either rookies, drafted rookies, undrafted uh, free agent rookies, or second-year players, an extremely young team. And that means they're up against a lot, especially when they're going up against a veteran quarterback like Colts quarterback Phillip Rivers, former Chargers quarterback who was signed in the offseason, particularly since the Colts feel like they got a pretty good roster. The Colts have a, a very good offensive line. They just signed their center who played his college ball in Alabama. They just signed their uh, center recently to uh, – big contract. I think he might be the highest paid center in the NFL now. That's a kid uh, out of Alabama uh, that'll play center for the Colts. And the Colts have a good offensive line. Most experts feel the Colts have a good offensive line. 
Their front seven on defense, pretty good too. However, the Colts, you know, are a little scrutinized on the back end with their defensive backs, and maybe that's where uh, offensive coordinator uh, Jay Groden and uh, quarterback Gardner Minshew can expose the Colts a little bit in their back end. So we'll see what happens. Uh, again, we got to win the turnover battle to win this game. Jaguars defense, they got to stop the run as good as absolutely possible. The offensive line for the Jags has got to play well. And the Jaguars offense with uh, their, their, their good wide receiver group, their young, fast, and good wide receiver group, they're young and fast. And they're talented, and they got a chance to go from good to very good. Those wide receivers got to make some plays. We got to see some yardage after the catch, and Gardner Minshew's got to play well. The offensive line has got to play well. That's a lot of things that have to go right for the Jaguars to win. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's why the Colts are, at this time, this juncture, an eight-point favorite. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. The uh, Teal Shirt Report, by the way, is uh, brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucerility. Uh, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. And good internet radio at LakeUfallahits.com, L-A-K-E-E-U-F-A-U-L-A, Hits.com, LakeUfallahits.com. want to say hello to uh, Mad Max in the Ufala, Alabama area. JC, one of our Big J Report freelance uh, uh, writers. Um at BigJReport.com. And we're going to continue with more of the Teal Shirt Report coming up. We're going to take a look at other happenings throughout the area. So keep it right here. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Some high school football scores coming up for North Florida and surrounding areas as well. Keep it right here on the Teal Shirt Report. Well, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Going to continue along. Uh, we are brought to you by, of course, Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty. You'll find plenty of North Florida real estate listings with Saucer Realty. See Larry Saucer. Go to BigJReport.com. Well, actually, in our homepage area, in the midst of the weather report, scroll down. And uh, in the middle of the weather, you'll uh, find Saucer Realty and a link to uh, certainly find their their website. So we want to thank Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty here in North Florida. You can follow us at BigJReport.com. And there's always internet radio at LakeUfallahits.com, LakeUfallahits.com. Jaguars and the Colts uh, doing business uh, this Sunday at the bank. It's not ever bank anymore. It's TIAA Bank Field, right? TIAA Bank Field. There's going to be somewhere around 16,000 to 17,000 fans at the bank on Sunday afternoon, September the 13th, kickoff at 1 o'clock. Uh, the Colts are, are about an eight-point favorite over the Jaguars, of course. I was trying to remember the name of the center with the Indianapolis Colts. I believe he just recently signed a new contract, and the center is number 78, uh, Ryan Kelly, who plays center across a highly touted offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Ryan Kelly, who played his college ball at Alabama, six foot four, 307 pounds. 
He's been with the Colts the last few years wearing number 78, and he kind of leads a, a really good offensive line for the Colts, and they're going to be running behind that offensive line. Phillip Rivers, of course, the veteran quarterback who's been signed to at least be the quarterback uh, for this year. Jaguars hosting the Colts at TIAA Bankfield should be a good one. Uh, I picked the Colts to win the game, but I can guarantee you I'm pulling for our Jaguars, so we'll see what happens. want to take a look at um, high school football. You know, as we do take a look at North Florida Entertainment. Oh, by the way, Elite Indoor Football, the Southern Steam, they're going to be playing the championship game, and it's going to be actually on uh, Sunday. It's going to be on Sunday, um, September the 20th at the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville. I understand it'll be against the uh, Space Coast Tar Heel. So congratulations to Coach Bobby Damarell and his Southern Steam team. They, they've won six games in a row. I've enjoyed going out there and seeing them play, and they got a lot of great guys that play on that team. And I uh, want to wish uh, Coach Bobby Damarell, who's also the owner of the Southern Steam, we wish him well in the Elite Indoor Football League championship game to be played on Sunday, September the 20th at the Ice and Sports Complex uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. So again, the uh, Colts at the Jaguars this Sunday, September the 13th, as the NFL season 2020, the uh, COVID-19 era season getting underway for the Jaguars this Sunday, and we'll keep an eye on that game this Sunday. Also, uh, high school football. A lot of high school football in North Florida. Some of the high school football actually uh, kicked off uh, last week on September the 4th. But uh, most of the high school teams got underway. If you didn't get underway September the 4th, you got underway September the 11th. Uh, we'll run down uh, uh, some of the scores in the high school football. Um, that took place actually last night on Friday night. Friday night, September the 11th, uh, North Florida and South Georgia and surrounding areas high school football scores on Friday night, September the 11th, Bowles defeated Trinity, Bowles 36, Trinity Christian Academy 12, a final. The high school I went to years and years ago, the Ed White Commanders defeated Menendez, Ed White 38, Menendez 30. Mandarin uh, shut out the Atlantic Coast Stingrays. The Mandarin Mustangs, 14. The Atlantic Coast Stingrays, nothing. The final. Fletcher Senators, 23. The Terry Parker Braves, nothing. Pontevedra defeated Nice. Pontevedra, 24. Nice, 7. That's where Tim Tebow played his high school ball at Nice. And, again, some other scores. Uh, Alex Nunry's high school, he finished at a, a few years ago. Uh, his uh, his high school, Bartram Trail, Alex Nunnery, one of the Big J Report contributors. Bartram Trail defeated Creekside 50-40. Uh, to 40. And again, Alex Nunnery went to Bartram Trail, so I know he pulls for Bartram Trail. Bartram Trail 50, Creekside 40, the final score. Uh, Baker County blasted Orange Park and shut him out. Baker County, the folks over in McClenny. Baker County 49, Orange Park nothing, the final score. Baldwin in a triple overtime game. Baldwin 12, the Westside Wolverines 6, the final score in triple overtime. Episcopal led by former Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Mark Brunell, who's the coach at Episcopal. 
Episcopal outgunned Bishop Kenny. Man, this was a shootout. Episcopal 42, Bishop Kenny uh, 38, the final. Uh, Reigns, a recent two-time state champion. Reigns had a tough time on Friday night. Venice from around, I believe, the Sarasota, Florida area. It would be a long bus ride back for the Reigns Vikings. Uh, Venice 40, Reigns 6, the final score. St. Augustine shut down and shut out Middleburg. St. Augustine 49, Middleburg nothing. The uh, Clay Blue Devils uh, 33, University Christian 12, the final. Uh, Bishop Snyder 12, Rocky Bayou Christian nothing. I've got no idea where Rocky Bayou Christian is from. I know Bishop Snyder is from the North Florida area in Northeast Florida. Bishop Snyder 12, Rocky Bayou Christian nothing. Uh, Christ Church Academy 25, Eagles View 14. And Lowndes County up in Georgia, Lowndes, Georgia, uh, defeated Griffin. Griffin's up near, not too far south of Atlanta, right up near Atlanta. Uh, Lowndes, Georgia, 45, and Griffin, Georgia, 6, the final score. And uh, Eufaula, Alabama, according to our Big J Report freelance writer up in Alabama, Eufaula is on a little bit of a two-game losing skid now. They won their first two games, but now they're two and two. They lost to Opelika, Opelika 28, and you fall at 21. Um, the high school teams up in South Alabama started a couple of weeks earlier than it seems like the rest of us in North Florida and South Georgia. But you uh, fall started out with two straight wins. Now they got two straight losses. You fall Alabama's two and two, according to our uh, Big J report. Uh, free, um, freelance writer, J.C. Opelika, 28, and you follow Alabama, 21. Again, that's according to our freelance writer, uh, J.C., up in the South Alabama area. Again, Opelika, 28. You follow Alabama, 21. The final score. So we do check uh, the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars football, North Florida entertainment, and other area sports as we talked about high school football. Now, really getting underway in earnest uh, the last couple of weeks. And, of course, the biggest uh, night of high school football uh, thus far with the most teams playing was uh, this past Friday night back on September the 11th where, you know, any team that didn't play on September the 40th, uh, September the 4th, I should say, any team that did not play on Friday night, September the 4th, played on Friday night, September the 11th. Um so, well, you know, we'll keep keep you up to date with other area sports, including high school football, elite indoor football, and, of course, SEC football, where we have uh, made our picks, the Florida Gators to win the East and Texas A&M to win the West, but it should be a three- or four-team battle in the SEC West between, between uh, Texas A&M, Auburn, Alabama, and LSU in the West. Meanwhile, the East is more of a two-team battle between Florida and Georgia which uh, should be decided uh, here in Jacksonville. They moved the date of that game. The Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida game will be played on Saturday, November the 7th at TIAA Bank Field uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. So good luck to the Jaguars. Game one coming up this Sunday afternoon, September the 13th, kickoff at 1 o'clock at TIAA Bank Field. Expected due to due to social distancing and COVID nineteen, 
Um, only 20 to 25% of the stadium will be filled. Only 20 to 25% of the stadium will have fans in the stadium. So you're looking at a crowd of about 16 to 17,000 here in Jacksonville for the Jaguars uh, hosting the Colts. That's going to do it this time around as we give you our uh, Jaguars-Colts preview of the game being played this Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Hey, we'll be back with another report after, right not too long after the Jags and Colts finish playing uh, this Sunday, September the 13th, with a kickoff at 1 o'clock. That'll do it for the Teal Shirt Report. We're listened to in, on many different platforms, Anchor, uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, Pod Paradise, and many other platforms. We're on all the major platforms. We're, we're also heard in as many as 15 states and worldwide, internationally, across the world. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. This is episode number, episode show number 56 of the Teal Shirt Report. Thank you for listening. want to thank our uh, sponsors as well. Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty in North Florida. You can follow us at BigJReport.com and check out Internet Radio, Lake Ufala. That's uh, LakeUfalaHits.com. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Scott, and I'm out. Hey, have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.